0: Today on Let the Bible Speak. Does doctrine really matter? As long as I mean well, does it make any difference what I believe? we we'll begin a new series today on Let the Bible Speak. Welcome to today's program. It's my privilege to be with you and to have the opportunity to speak with you about the Word of God. Today I would like to begin a short series of lessons that I hope will challenge us to give more serious and thoughtful consideration to the things we believe and practice. There are many words we might choose to describe the current religious culture, and many of those descriptions would perhaps be accurate. One, however, that I absolutely believe depicts the climate and I believe it is the crisis of our time, is the word indifference. How many times have you heard someone ask, does it really make any difference regarding this or that? And this becomes a way of dismissing any serious consideration of various scriptural propositions. It becomes our way of casually and, well, lazily waving off any discussion of something that we don't really want to consider because it might change the way we think, worship, or live. Long ago, Pontius Pilate was confronted with one of the greatest claims and propositions of all, and that is that Jesus was a king. The Jewish leaders were trying to convince Pilate to condemn Christ based upon his claim that he was divine and sent and anointed by God to be their king. But the religion of the Jews and the claims of one of their teachers meant virtually nothing to Pilate, a Roman governor and a pagan. He wanted nothing to do with their religious disputes, but. As he was grudgingly adjudicating the case of Christ, he asked Jesus if he really did see himself as a king. This conversation as it played out in Pilate's judgment hall is recorded in John chapter 18, beginning in verse 33. There it says, Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, And so he waved it all off with the dismissive, rhetorical question, what is truth? That's the question multitudes of people still ask today, out of the same motive from which Pilate asked it centuries ago. Today, they might simply phrase it, what difference does it make anyway? That question will be the basis of our short series here, and today we will pose the question, does it make any difference, what I believe, after a song. Does it make any difference what we believe about spiritual matters? More specifically, does it really matter what we believe about Bible doctrine? Well, you won't have to search long to find folks today who will say that it doesn't make any difference what we believe, as long as our heart is in the right place, as long as our intentions are good. The question that arises, though, is can our heart be in the right place if we say it doesn't make any difference about what God has said in his word? I contend that our heart is not right with God if we are unconcerned with understanding what his word says to us. The apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. If we wish to know God, to serve God, and to obey God, we should want to understand what his word tells us. It is simply indifference and often laziness to dismiss reasonable and thoughtful discussion of God's word by saying, well, it doesn't make any difference what we believe. I contend that it not only makes a difference, but our relationship to God depends upon our desire to know what his word teaches and our desire to do what his word teaches. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, first Jesus affirms that truth can be known. Truth is not some mysterious and abstract and elusive thing. Truth is knowable to the sincere person. The person who wants to know the truth can know the truth. Second, the Lord says that spiritual freedom only comes from knowing the truth. If you want to be free from sin, you must desire to know the truth. If you would be free from guilt, free from condemnation, free from ignorance, free from fear, then knowing, believing, and obeying the truth must be your objective. Now then Jesus said, as he prayed to the Father in John 17, verse 17, sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. So so that's where truth comes from. And if we are to know the truth and thus be made free, we must seek to know what God has said and revealed within his sacred word. That alone makes what we believe very important. Friend, regardless of how many people think so, one way is not as good as another. Don't listen to that lie of our religious culture today. One religious teaching is not as good as another. There's a difference. And when the Bible addresses, when the Bible speaks to something, when the Bible reveals something, it makes a difference. First of all, it makes a difference. What we believe about what God says in his word, because, well, God said it. This alone should be sufficient reason for us to want to know what the Bible says and what it teaches. The Bible is not just a religious book. The Bible is not just a collection of essays, poems, stories and letters from people living in ancient times. The Bible makes an even grander claim concerning itself and that is that it is the word of God himself. Paul said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness "...that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work." 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. And as we have pointed out many times on this broadcast in the past, the phrase, by inspiration of God, means God breathed, or the breath of God. God has spoken, in other words, and he speaks through his word. And Paul tells us that this is where our doctrine or our teaching is to come from, and that the scriptures are sufficient to equip us to serve and to obey God. The Corinthian church, you may recall, was tempted to dismiss the teachings of Paul because they disputed his being a true apostle of Christ. Some were trying to convince them of that, but Paul told them in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 37, "...if anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord." Well, doesn't that within itself tell us that it makes a difference what we believe about what the Bible says? Can we really just dismiss the propositions of what the Bible teaches when the Bible tells us these things are the commandments of God? Listen once again to Paul in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. He said, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, But as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. You see, the word of God was sent forth to create faith in the minds and hearts of those who hear it. Paul affirmed this in Romans 10 and verse 17. To work in our hearts, to work in our lives, to mold us and form us into what God wants us to be. Now Satan doesn't want you to have faith in God. And so he does whatever he can to prevent the word from lodging in your heart and creating faith and obedience to it. Jesus said in the parable of the sower in Luke chapter 8 verse 12 that those by the wayside are the ones who hear, but then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. Now my friend, if the devil can't prevent you from hearing it in the first place, I assure you he will do everything in his power to take it away from you when you do hear it so that it will never do what it was intended to do in your life. And one of the primary ways Satan does this is to convince people it doesn't matter what God has said, indifference. You know, that's what he told Eve when he deceived her in the Garden of Eden at the dawn of time. Uh, Hath God said that he challenged the word of God? That's, That's the lie he continues to whisper into the willing ears of multitudes of people today. It doesn't make any difference what you believe about the Bible, he says. But it does make a difference because God said it. And that makes it vitally important. And I want to point this out, listen very closely. God has not revealed one thing in his word that he does not want you to know and understand. It is there for a reason. God has said it and therefore we should take it seriously. Second, it makes a difference what we believe because the word of God was meant to be understood. You know, this is one reason many dismiss any discussion of truth and error because They don't believe we can really understand the Bible anyhow. So instead of learning to read and understand, interpret the Bible, they just assume that the Bible cannot be understood, that it is a cryptic book and therefore it makes no difference what it says and what we think about what it says. Who's to say anyway? Now I'm not suggesting that you could just read the Bible like you would the daily newspaper. I'm not suggesting there are not challenges before us when we delve into the Word of God, admittedly. There are things in the Bible that are challenging, and they are harder to understand than other things in the Bible. Even the Apostle Peter acknowledged that some of the writings of the beloved brother Paul were hard to be understood, 2 Peter 3 and verse 16. But notice Peter did not say they could not be understood, but rather they were difficult to understand. And in other words, they had to be read and interpreted with care and not twisted and misused and abused. Friend, the Bible is not some cryptic and mysterious code. Again, Paul said that we are to understand the will of the Lord, what the will of the Lord is. He doesn't just desire for a few to do that and you to take their word for it. He wants you to understand what the will of the Lord is. He said in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, how that by revelation he made known to me, he is an apostle, the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Yes, the Bible was written in ancient languages to people in another culture. But you see, we have the tools to learn those languages and discover the cultures to which the word of God was originally written and the truths that are contained in that word within that context are timeless and they are still applicable and they are still necessary for us to serve God today. Yes, the Bible is written in different literary genres, but the message conveyed through those vehicles is understandable and it is applicable to our lives even in a modern world. You know what the problem is, the real problem? Jesus said, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart, Matthew 13, verse 19. Why don't people often misunderstand, or why don't people often understand, and therefore the devil takes it away? Well, you back up a few verses, and Jesus quotes Isaiah, saying, And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will not hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears a hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn so that I should heal them. You see, that's the real problem with understanding the word of God in many cases. And in some cases, that's why people claim it doesn't make any difference what you believe, because the truth is, they really don't want to believe the truth, but rather they want to believe and practice their own error. So they become blinded to the truth. Thirdly, it makes a difference what we believe because God's word is meant not only to be understood, but to be believed and obeyed. Listen now to James. In James chapter 1, beginning in verse 21, he says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Well, how does it do that? he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, he says this one will be blessed in what he does. And Jesus, our Lord, went even further to say that the word spoken, that word will not only change us, that word will not only reform us, that word will not only guide us, he warns us that word will judge us in the last day, John 12 and verse 48. My friend, we will answer to the Lord one day as to whether we obeyed his word. Doesn't that tell us that it makes a difference what we believe? Shouldn't we take that seriously? Number four, it makes a difference what we believe about the Bible because of the consequence of believing error. You know, to say that there is such a thing as truth necessarily implies that there is such a thing as error. If you have one, you have the other. And the Bible not only says that we will be blessed for knowing the truth, but it also warns that we can be condemned for believing what is not true, for believing error. It is not a light thing. Paul warns in 2 Thessalonians 2, beginning in verse 9 The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because, listen now, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Listen to that, my friend. Paul says there are eternal consequences for being willing to believe something that is not true. Now, if that be the case, shouldn't we want to know what is right? Shouldn't we want to know the truth? Shouldn't we want to know what God has said within his word? Shouldn't we do everything we can to learn what God would have us to know, believe, and practice? Paul said, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. Fifth and finally. It makes a difference what we believe about the Bible because God, what God says about any matter, what God says is much more important than what anyone else says about anything else. What I mean by that is this. Do you believe it makes a difference what your pharmacist says? Uh, when he prescribes you a medication and you're unfamiliar with that medication, you have no experience with that medication, do you go home and carefully read the instructions that come with the medicine he prescribes? Well, you'd better especially in regard to some medicines. You're awfully foolish if you don't. Because one pill too many might make you gravely ill or could even kill you. Yeah, we, we believe it makes a difference, you see. I suspect you think that it makes a difference what your pharmacist says. Do you believe it makes a difference what your employer says? Well, if you don't, you probably don't keep a job very long or go very far in the job you have. Do you, make, do you believe it makes any difference what the laws of the land say? Well, if not, then you're probably going to stay in trouble with the law, maybe end up in jail, end up in all kinds of trouble and peril. Do you believe it makes a difference what the laws of science, governing physics and electricity and so forth say? Well, if you don't think those things make any difference, try stepping off a cliff or try wiring a house without knowing how electricity works and knowing the necessary codes. Do you believe it makes a difference what the U.S. Constitution says? If you want law and order in a civilized society, it matters. What if everybody in Washington said, "Eh, no one can understand that over 200 year old document, it doesn't make any difference what it says anyhow and what the framers meant by it. And I know it may seem like some in the country think that way and we fight a lot of battles in our country today over that very idea. But I think at the end of the day, we know that if someone doesn't stand up for the constitution and strive to know what the constitution says, that has very dire consequences. And there would be a complete breakdown in the rule of law. If you don't have a constitution and a country that abides by that constitution, you have chaos. You have no rule of law. Well, brother, sister, friend, the Bible is the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. And I can promise you that it matters more what it says than even what the constitution of any country says. The consequences are even more dire. You know, in their zealous desire for unity, many today have settled for ecumenical union instead. And there's a difference between unity and union. And many have striven for so-called unity by saying that we should simply dismiss our disagreements and agree to say that doctrine is of little consequence and doesn't really matter. I deny that. The Bible means what it says and the Bible teaches what it teaches and we should strive to know what the Bible teaches. We should strive to find unity in what the Bible teaches and not just simply dismiss it because we think we can never agree anyway. That's a false idea of unity. God's word says what it means, it means what it, uh, God says what it says, it means what it means and we instead of shrugging and dismissing it should be striving to know and follow it. And think about this. You know, not, not only does every action have a subsequent reaction, but every belief also has some consequence as well. What we believe or what we don't believe has effects that reverberate through our life, through our theology, through our religious life, through our moral life. What we believe or we don't believe about one thing will often determine what we conclude about something else that may be of even greater consequence and effect. What we believe determines the code by which we live. It determines the the code by which we worship. And a careless theology will lead to a careless life. I want to leave you with two warnings from the Bible about what happens when we dismiss objective truth and faith and we don't make that our goal and our standard for our faith and conduct. One is from the disastrous time in the history of God's people known as the Days of the Judges. That was a time of confusion. It was a time of chaos. Sin was rampant. Just read the book of Judges to see the picture that that the the prophet Samuel draws of that dark time. And you know, the book of Judges tells us that in those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did what was right in his own eyes. In other words, people thought, what difference does it make? I'll do what I want to do, you do what you want to do. In other words, it didn't make any difference what you believe. Every man just live by the dictates of his own conscience. And then I would remind you that the wise man Solomon tells us, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And that tells me that it makes a difference what we believe. It makes a difference how we approach the word of God and the will of God. We should take God's word seriously and dedicate ourselves to a rightly dividing of the scripture to properly interpreting the scripture and do so with a heart to hear, to believe what it says and to obey what it says. Amen. will be with us in the coming weeks, the Lord willing, as we continue our series, Does It Make Any Difference? If you would like to have a copy of today's lesson, request it by the title, Does It Make Any Difference What I Believe? Does It Make Any Difference What I Believe? And your free transcript will be on its way. We look forward to hearing from you. We would love today to hear from our viewers in Northwest Arkansas. If nothing else, let us know that you watch the program and are blessed by it. Again, we wanna hear from our viewers in Northwest Arkansas or wherever you are today. Contact us through the information that you see on your screen and let us know you'd like a transcript of today's program. We look forward to hearing from you. Also connect with us online, ltbstv.org is the website and our YouTube channel. Search for Let the Bible Speak TV and be sure to subscribe and share the content. We would really appreciate it. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I hope it's been a blessing to you, it surely has to me. And I hope to meet you back here if God is willing for another Bible study next week. Until then, have a great week ahead and may the Lord bless you according to his will. Let the Bible Speak is brought to you by the Church of Christ. For more information, including our past broadcast and sermon transcripts, visit ltbstv.org.